Inshallah, we'll begin tafsir from verse 109, page 150. Because remember that the number of the verse comes at the end of the verse. Okay? Not at the beginning of the verse, it's always written at the end of the verse. So page number 50. In the previous verses, we learned about an important command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the believers. And what was that command? That, O believers, do not say, Ra'ina, instead you should say, Unzurna. And why was this command given? Because certain people misused the word that the Muslims would use to address the Prophet ﷺ, which was Ra'ina. They misused it, they mispronounced it, and through that they made fun of the Prophet ﷺ. So a very important solution was given, and that solution was that completely ignore how these people are twisting your words. Instead, you do something different. You just change your strategy. When you change your strategy, what are you doing? You're no longer giving an option to the other person to harm you, to attack you. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the concept of naskh. And what is naskh? Abrogation. And then we are told that do not ask too many unnecessary questions because that leads to doubt and that leads to losing faith. Now, in verse 109, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَدَّ كَثِيرٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَدَّ He wished, he loved. And remember the root of this word is wow dal dal, and this is to really desire, long for something from the depth of your heart. Meaning they terribly want, they want this with all their heart. Who wants this? كَثِيرٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ Many from the people of the book. Meaning many of the people of the book, they really want that law if only yaruddunakum, they could turn you back mimbardi imanikum after your faith. Meaning you have accepted faith, you believe in the Quran, you believe in the Prophet ﷺ, and there are some people who don't like that. They want to turn you away from your faith. You see the word yaruddunakum, this is from the root letter zra dal dal. And radda is to turn back from something, to turn away from something. So you have accepted Islam, you have come towards Islam, what do they want? They want you to leave Islam and turn back to your old ways. That is what they want from you. Mimbardi imanikum, after your iman. Why? You know, this is like you get a blessing, like for example, you really wanted money so that you could buy something, And then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed you with Eid. You collected a lot of Eid, Eid money. And then you finally got something that you terribly wanted. And now there's a person who doesn't want you to have it. Why? What's the reason? They're jealous. So just like that, hasadan min indi anfusihim. Out of hasad from themselves. Meaning because of envy, because of jealousy. They're jealous. You know, for example, you bought something with your money and somebody is envious. What can you tell them? That Stop being jealous, go get it yourself. If you want it, save your money. Don't blow it away. Save your money and go buy it yourself. That is the correct way. But here, the Bani Israel, the Ahlul Kitab in Medina, instead of believing in the Prophet ﷺ, they were just jealous of the Muslims. That why have they believed in the Prophet and why do they have the final book? Why do they have the final messenger? Why was he not sent amongst us? But the Prophet ﷺ was sent to who? Everybody. 
It wasn't that the Ahlul Kitab were barred from believing in him. Who stopped them? Who stopped them? Nobody stopped them. It was themselves. It was their own ego. Hasadan min indi anfusihim. And this jealousy, min ma tabayyana lahumul haq. This is after the truth has become clear to them. Meaning, they know the Prophet ﷺ to be true, yet they don't believe in him. And then those who have believed in him, they're envious of them, and then they keep causing trouble. So, you see previously, where we learned that when the Muslims would say, Ra'ina to the Prophet ﷺ, what would they do? They would say it as, Ra'ina, or Ra'ina making fun of the Prophet ﷺ. I mean, you wonder, why is a person doing this? Because when someone's jealous of you, what happens? Their jealousy doesn't stay in the heart. Does it come out? Does it come out? It comes out. How? Through words, through actions, sometimes in very direct attacks, and sometimes in indirect ways also. Right? Like for example, if someone's jealous of you, they don't like you, They blame you for something you've never done. They spread rumors about you. They spread lies about you. You said one thing, and they misquote you. So then, when you have to deal with someone who's jealous of you, and who's constantly harming you, what do you do? What do you do in this situation? What can you do? When you see someone who hates you, or they dislike you, and you constantly have to hear from them, or suffer because of them, what should you do? What should you do? How do you deal with a jealous person? Typically, what do we do? We show off our blessings even more. You're jealous of me? Let me burn you more. Or, what else do we do? If somebody is jealous of us, we know that. We'll say, why are you jealous of me? You're jealous. We'll tease them and taunt them. Or we will confront them. What's your problem? And we'll have an anger tantrum in front of them. But is this the solution? Is this going to solve any problem? No. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Fa'fu wasfahu. Two things. Firstly, fa'fu. Fa'fu is from afu, ayn fa'waw. And what does this mean? To forgive. Basically, afa is to erase something. So you erase someone's mistake. Like you forgive them, and you pretend as if nothing happened. You don't blame them, you don't punish them, you don't fight with them. Farfu, you forgive them. And wasfahu. Safh, from the root letter sadfaha, safh also means to forgive. But basically, safha is to turn away. Like for example, it is said, safhatul unuq, unuq is the neck. So the safha of the unuq is to turn one's neck away from someone. So basically, what is meant is turn away, avoid, avoid them. Farfu wasfahu. Forgive and ignore. Forgive and forget. Move on. Don't dwell over these things. Don't dwell over these things. Move on. Ignore them. This is what you have to do. What's the benefit of doing this? When you forgive someone who is annoying you, and you ignore them when they're bothering you, what's the benefit? They don't bother you anymore? They leave you alone? Not always. You stay quiet, and they keep going on and on and on and on. You try to ignore them, and they keep messaging and messaging and messaging. You just leave their snaps read or open. You don't respond, and then what happens? They keep sending more and more and more and more. They spam you. Huh? 
But if you keep ignoring, then what will happen? Eventually, they might give up. And even if they don't give up, because you are not dwelling on it, you will be at peace. You know that? You will be at peace. You will be happy. And if you keep thinking, what did she say? Why did she say? Who does she think she is? And why does she treat me like this? And has she forgotten that I used to be her only friend? Etc, etc. Then if you dwell on it, you are going to be unhappy. Isn't it? So when you forgive the person who is bothering you, and move on from what they are doing to you, then you will find peace and happiness. فَعْفُوا وَصْفَحُوا And you know what? Many times, people realize their mistake. If you give them time, you ignore them. Many times, there are fortunate people who will realize their mistake. But then there are also those people who will never realize their mistake. They'll never admit it. But if you give them time, you ignore them, you're giving them a chance to realize their mistake. So, فَعْفُوا وَصْفَحُوا Forgive and turn away. Ignore them. Don't get too caught up with what they're doing to you and what they're saying to you. حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ Until Allah brings about His command. What does this mean? Meaning, until Allah will rule in your favor. Because sometimes what happens is, that when somebody is hurting us, we want to take revenge. If somebody is jealous of us, and they say something nasty, we want to say something double nasty in return. But what does Allah say? Forgive and ignore. So then you're like, well, I never got to take revenge. Don't worry. Allah will bring justice. Allah will rule in your command. He will not deprive you of what you deserve. And so many times this happens, that when you forgive someone, you ignore them, and you let go of the harm that they have caused you. What happens with time is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you what you need, what you want, He does not deprive you. You know, just yesterday, I met a lady and she was telling me about how when she got married, there was somebody in their family who was very mean to her. Especially the words that they used and they were very harsh with her. One of her relatives. And she was very hurt, but she let it go. She never confronted the individual. She never argued with them. She just let it go. So then what happened that after some time she found out that this individual was in a lot of financial difficulty. So this lady, she thought, you know what? Yes, they have hurt me, but they're still my relative. So she sent some money to them, okay, to help them out. And then a couple of times again, she helped them out. And now what happened is that this individual is her greatest supporter in the family. You know, this individual supports her and praises her, defends her. So it's just about giving time. Just be patient for a little while. Now this doesn't mean that when people are oppressing us, we don't stand up for justice and we're like, we just have to forgive and be patient and ignore. No, you do stand up for justice. But there are certain situations in which you cannot do anything. You cannot do anything. Like for example, if it's your own relative, what are you going to do? Like for example, if somebody hit you, and then you say, you know what, I'm going to hit them back. And you hit them back, and they hit you even more, and then you hit them even more. What is that going to lead to? What is that going to lead to? Anything good? 
No. If somebody blames you, there was some cheating incident in class and somebody just put the whole blame on you. You never did it. Right? But they just put the blame on you. Now what happened? You try to defend yourself, but nobody's believing you. So then what do you do? You just move on from that situation, trusting that Allah will rule in your favor. Allah will bring the truth to light. So this is the command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Muslims in Medina who were constantly suffering at the hands of the Ahlul Kitab. Every other day, they would hear from them something that would annoy them. They would receive from them something that would hurt them. So, فَعْفُوا وَصْفَحُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِي إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed, Allah is over all things. Qadir. What does Qadir mean? All able. So, if you are trusting Allah, that Allah will defend you, then relax. Because Allah can do anything. Nothing is difficult for Him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ So what is the lesson in this ayah? What do we learn from this ayah? What have you taken for yourself? Exactly. The best thing to do when someone is envious of you is to just let go. Let go of what they're saying, what they're doing. Because you see someone who's jealous, they're acting very foolishly. It's very childish if you think about it. So then, how do you knock sense into someone who's behaving foolishly? You can't. So then, don't dwell on it. Move on from it and put your heart at ease. What else do we learn? Exactly. If you are able to stand up and defend yourself, go ahead and do that. But if you are not able to do that for whatever reason, then entrust your affair to Allah. and depend on Him. And know that He will take care of you. Next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ Establish prayer and give zakah. Meaning right now, don't worry about fighting these people back and responding to them and retaliating because you can't exactly do that. I mean, if they betray you, they cheat you, they harm you, what can you do? Like for example, in this situation where the Muslims are saying ra'ina to the Prophet and which is a term which is used to ask someone to you know, pay attention to you so that you can understand what they're saying. But they said it as ra'ina and they mispronounced it, giving it a different connotation that our shepherd or you foolish one, etc. Now, what do you do in this situation? How do you take revenge from them? I know you said ra'ina. And I know what you mean. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. Right? Such a person is going to deny it right away. So then, how do you take justice from them? You can't. So you just have to let it go. But then, that fire or that anger that's burning inside your heart, how do you cool that? You know, for example, there are some people, they just constantly tease you. They just make fun of you. They call you names. They make fun of the way you write or the way you dress or the way you look. Because you wear glasses, they call you a nerd every time. I mean, seriously. Because of your height, they make fun of you. Either you're too tall for them or too short for them. Your physique, they make fun of you. They call you names. What do you do? Like, how do you calm your heart? How? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us another solution. أَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ Focus on your prayer. Perform your prayer properly. Because prayer, salah, what does that do? It's food for the heart. It strengthens your heart. It gives you courage. Because you're connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala five times a day. Five times a day you remind yourself, Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. He is greater than these bullies. He can defend me against them. He can protect me. So, أَقِيمُ الصَّلَةِ وَآتُ الزَّكَةِ Give zakah. And you see, this is also a reminder that focus on your responsibilities. What happens is that when we are deprived of our rights, sometimes we get so caught up in them that we forget about our responsibilities. We're like, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve this. And this person's not giving it to me and that person is not giving it to me. You can say that a thousand times, but if they don't want to give it to you, and they don't give it to you, what are you going to do? You can't force it out of them. So then instead of crying about the rights that people are not giving you, what should you turn your focus towards? On your responsibilities, your duties. So, أَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ أَتُ And remember that وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ Whatever you send forth for yourselves, min khayrin of any good, tajiduhu indallah. You will find it with Allah. Ma tuqaddimu. Tuqaddimu is from the root letters qaf dal mim. And qaddama yuqaddimu is to put something forward, to send something ahead. And this is referring to performing good deeds. Because whatever good you do in this life, you are basically sending it ahead for your next life. It's an investment that you're making in your future. So, وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ For yourselves. What does it mean? That any good you do, who is going to benefit from it? Who will? You yourself will. So for example, when you forgive someone, you think that you are doing a favor to that individual. In reality, you are doing a favor to who? To yourself. Because there's a huge difference between living with anger and vengeance and living with forgiveness. When you forgive someone, you free yourself. And when you live with anger, what do you do? You harm yourself. Because you're constantly burning. Everything that's happening, you are misreading it. So, وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجِدُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ تَجِدُوهُ is from the root letters وَاو جِنْ دَال وَجَدَى is to find something. So you will definitely find it with Allah. Meaning in the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will preserve it for you. You know for example, if let's say somebody in your class is fighting with you over a certain seat, you want to go sit all the way in the back, for example... And as soon as you get there, somebody else also gets there and you know, they get their leg in. And you're like, no, I got here first. And like, no, I got here first. So what happens? The teacher says that, okay, right now he will sit, tomorrow you will sit. Just to solve the fight. Is it easy to give up? Like, what if tomorrow she doesn't allow me to sit there? You can't exactly trust her, right? Like, what if tomorrow she let somebody else sit there? When you 
leave your matter to people, there is always a chance that they will not stay true to their word. Sitting in the car, you say, shotgun, right? That I'm going to sit in the front. And then what happens? Somebody says, oh, shotgun, whatever shotgun. I don't know what that is and I don't care about it. And they just completely ignore you and they go sit in the front. And you're like, what's going on? And your dad says, don't worry, don't worry. Stop fighting over this. You can sit tomorrow. You can sit on the way back. You always have this uneasiness that what if, what if I don't get to sit in the front? Your parents say, don't buy this today. I'll buy this for you next year. You're like, no, what if you don't buy it for me? Does that happen? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Whatever good you send for yourselves, you will certainly find it with Allah. It is not going to go waste. Any good deed that you do, whether it is that you forgive someone, or you offer a prayer, or you recite some Qur'an, you give some charity, whatever you do, it is saved with Allah. It's the most secure place. Most secure. You know in hadith we learn that when a person gives charity from pure wealth, not that he stole from somebody and gave that in charity. No, from his own money he gives in charity, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it. And He makes that charity grow. So for example, you give, let's say, one packet of Doritos. You got it? You give it to someone because they're just staring at you. Right? And even though you know that they're jealous of you, you just gave it to them. Now, it's one packet. You gave it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In hadith we learn that this charity will grow and grow and grow until it will become the size of a mountain. You gave something small, but you gave it with sincerity. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it so big that it will be like the size of a mountain. Imagine the reward. So whatever good you do, it's not going to waste. Because sometimes shaitan you know, makes us think that, why should you be so nice to these people? There is no benefit. You've been nice to them for the past so many years. Always they've mistreated you. You know what? Take matters in your hand. And show them what you think. Show them what you believe. Let them taste it. Let them see it. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like for us to do? To forgive. So whatever good you do, you will find it with Allah. It's not going to go waste. إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah is of whatever that you do, all-seeing. He is watching you. Because sometimes what happens is, that you feel like all your effort is going unnoticed. Does it ever happen? That you're very angry, you're trying so hard to stay patient. You're trying so hard to control your anger, and other people don't even notice it. You're always accommodating other people, and those people don't even turn around to say thank you. So when our actions go unnoticed, we get discouraged. What should we remember? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always, always watching my deeds. Whatever good I do, Allah is seeing that. And if He has seen it, then it is enough for me. It is sufficient. Because at the end of the day, Allah is the one who will reward me, not the people. A thousand people 
could witness your act of charity and could praise you. And all over social media they may be praising you. Then what? What's going to happen a month later? People will forget. What's going to happen a year later, two years later, three years later? Gone? Forgotten? But when you do it for Allah, then you preserve it for how long? For how long? Forever, for eternity. There's a hadith in your notes where we learn about that you will find the good that you do. The Prophet ﷺ said that there is no person from my ummah except that I will recognize him on the day of judgment. So the people asked that how will you recognize him a messenger of Allah among so many creatures? So he said, haven't you seen if you were to enter a stable, a stable in which there are dark and black horses, and amongst them is a horse with a white forehead and legs. Just imagine, all brown horses or all black horses. But there is one horse whose forehead and legs are white. Will you recognize that? Will you be able to tell him apart from the rest? Immediately. Why? Because everyone's the same except for this one horse. This horse is spotted, right? With white spots. So the Prophet ﷺ said, the people of my ummah that day will have bright foreheads. Why? Because of prostrations. Because of sajda, because of salah. The people of the Ummah of the Prophet ﷺ will have shining foreheads and bright limbs. Their limbs will also be shining. Why? Because of wudu. What does this mean? Any good you do, even wudu, you will find its reward on the Day of Judgment. Next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالُوا And they say, who? The Ahlul Kitab, that لَنْ يَدْخُلَ الْجَنَّةِ Never will he enter paradise. Yadkhula is from the root letters dal khalam. Dakhala is to enter. And lan, lan means never. So lan yadkhula, he will never ever enter paradise. Meaning no person is going to enter paradise. Illa except man kana hudan aw nasara. Except for the one who is either hudan aw nasara. Meaning except for those people who are either Jews or Christians. The word Hud is the plural of Ha'id. And the word Nasara is the plural of Nasrani. So in other words they say that a person can only enter paradise if he is Jewish. That's what the Jews say. And the Christians say that only if a person is a Christian can he enter paradise. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Tilka amaniyuhum. This is their wishful thinking. Amani is the plural of umniya. Remember we did this word earlier. This is their wishful thinking. What is their wishful thinking? That they can do whatever they want. And just because they belong to this group, they will enter paradise. So basically, what they assume is that their actions don't matter. It's their affiliation because of which they will be successful. You know, in certain parts of the world, you hear that so-and-so was king or queen, and so people who are related to them are who? Princes, princesses, etc. They have that privilege just by association. But how many people like that idea? Many people don't like that idea. That... What gives a person the right to 
become the ruler of a country just because they're related to a king or someone from the royal family does not mean that they deserve that power. It should be through a different way. Right? Based on their qualification. Like for example, if you find out that apple, hmm? not the eating apple, you know the apple that I'm talking about. Who's the CEO of apple? La hawla wa la quwwata. That guy's dead. Somebody else. Tim Cook. Okay. So what if one day Tim Cook says, I don't know if he has children, okay? But what if he says that, you know what? My son is going to take over this company. And that son happens to be, I'm just making this up, let's say, hypothetically, he happens to be a great chef. Let's say he's a celebrity chef. He comes on TV and makes great food. Will people be okay with that? I mean, being chef means that you do chef work. Not that you start designing such gadgets. So just because you are related to someone does not mean that you are privileged. Correct? If you get a certain position, if you are admitted into a certain program, if you are given a certain status, a certain job, that should be based on what? On your qualification. Now the Jews and the Christians, what did they claim? That no one can enter paradise unless and until he is Jewish. As long as he's Jewish, he's good. And then the Christians, they claim the exact opposite, that no one can enter paradise unless and until he is Christian. If he's Christian, all good. Just believe in Jesus and you're good. Do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, go wherever you want, just believe in Jesus. That's it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, تِلْكَ أَمَانِيُّهُمْ This is just their wishful thinking. This is not based on knowledge. This is not based on justice. This is their wishful thinking. Because on the day of judgment, it's not your relationship with people or your affiliation with certain groups that is going to help you. On the day of judgment, what is going to help you is what? What you did. Your actions. This is why Allah says, قُلْ Tell them, هَاتُوا بُرْهَانَكُمْ Bring your proof. Produce your proof. هَاتُوا This is a new word. Alright? This is basically, هَا and atu. Atu means bring, and هَاتُوا is, is a forceful way of saying, bring. بُرْهَانَكُمْ Your proof. Burhan is, from the root letters, بَرَهَا And baraha is when something is shining. So, baraha shay is when something becomes clear, evident, because of its signs. So, burhan is used for a proof that just solves the argument. Clear evidence. Like for example, a person robbed a store. And then when he's caught, he says, no, no, I never did it. And then they show the video footage, showing that this guy entered into the store, and then what does he do? He admits it. So that video footage is what? It is burhan. It's undeniable. So, هَاتُوا بُرْهَانَكُمْ Bring your proof that clearly shows that to enter paradise, the only requirement you need to fulfill is that you have to be Jewish. Or, for the Christians, you have to be Christian. إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you should be truthful. صَادِقِينَ is a plural of صَادِق. Now, who is going to enter paradise? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَلَا On the contrary, rather... The person who is going to be successful in the hereafter is who? Focus on this ayah. This is a very important ayah. 
من اسلم وجہ فرسٹلی دا ون ہو سرینڈرز ہز فیس ٹو اللہ اسلم سین لامیم اسلام سبمیشن دا ون ہو سبمٹس ہز وجہ وجہ از فیس دا پارٹ آف یور باڈی وچ ہیز یور آئیز نوز ماؤتھ دس از یور فیس یور فور ہیڈ سو ہی سبمٹس ہز فیس to Allah what does it mean by this he submits his face to Allah that he does sajda to Allah that's included but if you think about it your face what's behind your forehead brain and what's under your forehead your eyes what do you do with your eyes you see what's on the sides your ears you listen with your ears and then your mouth what do you do with your mouth you speak with your mouth So if you think about it, all of your faculties, all of your abilities are in a way concentrated where? On your face. Especially because the brain is right here. Right? It's right behind the forehead. It's inside your head. So submitting your face to Allah, what this implies is complete submission. That He completely surrenders to Allah. And completely submitting before Allah, what does it mean? That you do what Allah wants you to do. You become obedient to Allah. You listen to Allah. This is aslama wajhahu lillah. The person who surrenders his face to Allah. And you see, your face is the most honorable, respectful part of your body in a way. Isn't it? If somebody steps on your foot accidentally, you're like, uh, it's okay, I forgive you. But if you're praying and somebody trips over your head, like, you know, in the masjid, you know those children, sometimes they're running around everywhere. And imagine a child runs and runs right into your face and then jumps over your head. Yes, you would be hurt, but you would also be very annoyed. If something falls from the tree... on your hand or your arm, you're going to be annoyed. But if it falls on your face, and you know what I'm talking about, something falling from the tree, birds, right? If it falls on your face, what would happen? You would be embarrassed. It's humiliating because your face is the most honorable part of your body. So, مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ He entirely surrenders himself before Allah. Secondly, وَهُوَ muhsin, And he's also a muhsin. Who is muhsin? The one who's doing ihsan. The one who's doing the best that he can do. At the level of excellence. Beautiful actions. Done in a beautiful way. And sometimes ihsan means that you have to forgive those who hurt you. You have to ignore those who annoy you. Please sit straight. You have to ignore those who annoy you. So, وَهُوَ muhsin. You see, two things are mentioned here. What's the first one? Surrenders his face to Allah. Secondly, he's also a muhsin. Then, فَلَهُ أَجْرُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ Then this person, he will certainly have his reward with his Lord. His efforts will not go waste. وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ And such people, they will have no fear on them, nor will they grieve. Khawf is fear. Fear about what? About loss. 
or fear of the future, that you may suffer in the future. Yahzanun, huzn, hazainun. Huzn is about what happened in your past. It makes you sad every time you think about it. So, la khawfun alayhim, la hum yahzanun, no fear, no grief, no worry. And this is where? Which place? Some island in the Bahamas? Some place in the Amazon? Some fancy resort somewhere? No. Even there, there is some kind of fear. Like for example, you go to a very beautiful place, secluded, where you don't even hear cars, and you barely have any internet connection. You're like, wow, this is so beautiful. And then you're like, somebody tells you, you know, this is a bear country. You're going through a beautiful trail. And then you're like, maybe there's bears here. You're afraid. Or that fear is somewhere there in your head, right? And that huzn. What huzn? Very happily you paid for whatever you were going to do. You paid like a 60 or a 100 or whatever dollars. And then what happens later? Like, I'm gone. Huzn. لا خوف عليهم لا هم يحزنون. This is only in paradise. But this is for who? Those who submit to Allah and those who do ihsan. Not those who just wish. There's a difference between those who just wish and those who do. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.